0: And folks, before we get too deep into the episode today, I do have some breaking news to share with you all. It's pretty big news. You might've seen it on Twitter. Um, But the Blue Jackets announced today that uh, Laura Norman and Jeremy Paul signed entry-level contracts (laughs) to, uh, and the plan is they're going to get in the lineup on, on Tuesday against, against the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, don't really know what position they play not even sure if they can skate but uh they were they were down and so
1: yeah uh, i hear that laura norman has already been added to the injured reserve list
0: proactively like retroactively Mm -hmm. too yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) 14th (laughs) Oh, goodness, y'all. Well, welcome into this one. Uh, all kidding aside, what a what a peculiar, peculiar week for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, it's Monday, so <laughs> 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 that fucking sucks. Like, that's no good. And I've already dropped an F-bomb a minute and 11 seconds into the show. That wow. With a record We're we're Um, earning that explicit warning Yeah, we have to do it quick, I guess I guess I'm just being efficient today E is for explicit, (laughs) but also for efficient And folks, yeah, it's been a weird week for the Jackets Hopefully it hasn't been as weird of a week for you all As it has been for them Laura, how has the week been for you? I always feel bad asking this question Because I always know the answer to the question (laughs) yes as
1: as someone who's privy to my personal life in great detail (laughs) you're not unaware of how i'm doing when we record (laughs) which makes it kind of fucked up
0: that i ask
1: (laughs) Um, yeah i mean things could be better (laughs) 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 like it's you know it's not it's definitely not like sunshine and rainbows right now Um, um I think my, our listeners probably think that I am either both a dying and B just like a garbage human, because oh I think I for the last that. year, I have been like, "Everything's terrible. It's not a lie, but like that's you know <laughs> but so in a very va- very vague but matter--of-fact way, things could be better. How are you?? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I think I agree. I think, like, I'm kind of, like, in that same place. Like, I think certain aspects of life are great. Other parts, I'm like, are you joking? Um, And I think, at least in this current iteration, the Blue Jackets are kind of, like, falling into that iteration of, like, are you joking? But, no, I'm pretty good. I am still – actually, so I don't know if this is true, but people say, like, your body takes as many days to recover from jet lag as the number of hours that it's, like – recovering from and so when i returned home it was seven hours so a week Mm. and so i do actually feel like generally like much more well rested and like less of a shell of a human being because if anybody can attest to it it's laura like the shell of a human being that i was last week was actually a little bit alarming and i it's one of those things where like you know when you're so tired but you're driving home from somewhere and you like get home and you process like how in the hell did i get home
1: yeah, his unbridled confidence in how he was not going to have jet lag, and he was just, or then when he did admit to jet lag, he was like, "I'm going to be fine, like in a day, like just give me one good night's sleep, folks." I'd like to present that those facts were
0: incorrect. Yeah, no, the the jury uh, has concluded that uh, I was wrong on that mm-hmm. one, but I do feel I feel a lot better now, like exhaustion wise, which is good. So hopefully hopefully that's coming through in the episode. Hopefully you all listen to this episode and you're like, wow, he doesn't sound like uh, literal air coming out of a whoopee cushion. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that would be a win. That would be a win. I can already tell this is going to be an unhinged episode. I'm nervous. But it matches but yeah. the blue jackets energy. So it's fine. Yeah, it does. It does. And at some point it just feels like difficult to talk about the actual games. <laughs> like, because it like does it feel super fair to like cover a game between the New York Islanders and the Columbus Broken Jackets or the Cleveland no Columbus – well, honestly this Colum- one fucking the Columbus Blue Monsters. <laughs>
1: no, I like the Col- <laughs> yeah, the Columbus Blue Monsters. I thought you were gonna call them the Cleveland Blue Monsters, and I was like, No, 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 no we'll they still reside in Columbus.
0: They do, they do, yeah. We have to keep it locked on the six one four. But yeah, so I mean, obviously. An interesting episode coming, or way we're going to talk about? Obviously, we'll we'll talk a little bit about the Islanders game, but then I think the bigger story is just like what now? Like, it's it's almost been fascinating to listen to any like national media coverage of the Jackets this last week because, of course, the week started with Zach Korensky being out for the rest of the season, and like that sucks. But then, (laughs) so it's like, so obviously, like, that is all materialized. And I was listening to uh, a blip on the NHL Network about, um, just about (laughs) the Blue Jackets.
1: Yeah, the NHL Network, the league in general, everyone outside of Columbus is loving the fact that the universe is just
0: shitting on Columbus. I will say, though, the guys on the NHL Network in the clip that I saw were like man they just can't catch a break like it was like actually like pity and like sadness for (laughs) the jackets which which i thought was like a nice little change of pace where it was like just nothing is going right for this team this year and we're sad about it for them and and yeah, I mean, that can basically be how you summarize this, this first month of the season. So uh, the Jackets started the season on October 12th with a lineup that everybody thought was going to be one that could contend for some playoff consideration. And here on November 14th, as we record, November 15th, as you listen, uh, that roster is, is a shell of what it was and not in the way that like – people have just like moved around whether that's you know to cleveland or whatever have you it's just that like everybody's hurt like every single body is hurt and even the team that wasn't hurt really (laughs) wasn't doing a great job to begin with so like,
1: yeah can we discuss like our strength and conditioning coaches because like
0: (laughs) this is just ridiculous (laughs) well and furthermore What's going on with their shoulders? <laughs> like, yeah. Like,
1: are we not doing enough, like, ankles. you know, ligament strength? Like, what is happening? I also just did a weird knees dance.
0: And toes, knees and toes. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, like, literally, like, eyes and ears and ankles and elbows. Like, it literally <laughs> is, like, what is going on with all of those things? Like, that is literally the list they're just of injuries.
1: like They're just, like, you know what we need to fo- to focus on? Your core. I think you guys really need strong core muscles. Screw your appendages. Like, yeah, let's just focus walking. directly on that core.
0: Yeah, everyone's walking around the newly renovated locker room with just like eight-pack abs, <laughs> but like everybody's in a sling and or on crutches. Like, <laughs> like it's just like not going to great. Their too arms and really.
1: legs are just like look like gumby, but like they have just like the most <laughs> ripped like abdomen. Possible. They're all oh, like seeing no. who can make their pecs dance the most, but they can't oh. move their arms. So, <laughs>
0: I, listen, we, are, it's not funny that people are hurt. It's not funny.
1: <laughs> Injuries people, are not funny. Okay. Not They're not funny. funny. But Jeremy um, and I are broken people. So, well, dark
0: humor is what we use. Broken people can join the club, I guess. So, <laughs> um, so yes. So, the jackets. Uh, You know, they face quite the uphill battle. And, like, you saw even, like, we don't have to go goal by goal with what happened in the Islanders game. I mean, there are obviously some highlights, like Cole Cylinder scoring his first goal of the season. You know, you've also got Marcus Bjork, who made his season debut, courtesy of, I think, us. I think that, like, we – well, actually, NHL debut, not just season debut, NHL Mm -hmm. debut. And he scored a goal in his first game, which was really cool to see. Uh, You know, and then, obviously, to get a point out of it, is, is a huge plus i mean i think the thing that is clear about not only the blue jackets but like any nhl player is that like it doesn't matter who's on the ice like nobody wants to go out there and lose and nobody like this team even if it's decimated showed on on saturday night and i think they'll continue to show i'm not saying they're gonna win a ton of games folks like don't get don't get that wrong. But what I'm saying is I don't think this is a team that's going to come out every night and get beat seven to two. Like this is a team that like is going to fight. And I think more often than not, they'll find themselves on the wrong side of it, but like, they're not going to go away. It doesn't matter who's on the ice.
1: Right. And I said this um, to one of our lovely followers today, uh, because they replied to your uh, tweet where you were like, okay, why not? (laughs) When they announced that Patrick, well, we haven't said it yet, but Patrick Liney is uh, going to be out for three to four weeks with a sprain. Yeah, I think if they're ankle.
0: listening to this episode, they know. <laughs> I think yeah, I mean, I would, I would right hope that
1: thing. they had um, read some form of Blue Jackets social media today. Today, but um, you know, they said something uh, uh, just about like the you know the monsters and all this sort of stuff help you know building up the team and i just sort of said like well it wouldn't be the first time that we've been the columbus blue monsters essentially and had to sort of like rally together to come back you know from adverse adversity so i mean anything can happen at this point i think that that's kind of like the lesson that we can take from this like it's not going to be an easy road. It hasn't been since the moment that they stepped on the ice for the season opener, um, but it is what it is, I suppose. It's just, it's just going to be, yeah, it's just going to be an uphill, up uh, like an uphill battle, a roller coaster, a chaos circus, like however you want to look at it. But there's a lot of hockey games left to play, so buckle in.
0: Yeah, it really – this is a pure example of it is what it is, right? Like, and you can't, like – I hear people on the whole, like, you know, it's just Bernard season, it's Fentilli season. Like, okay, like, sure. But, like, you can't, like – if that doesn't sell seats this year, right? Like, you have to do something exciting this year to continue to keep people engaged. Like, you're not, like – I'm sorry. Like, you can't sell people on the idea of, like (laughs) – Hey, like Columbus doesn't know how to do that. Like, and I personally know what the value is of that. And I think Laura, you do too. I know you don't want them to like tank. I don't think anybody does. We've talked about it. On no. Show. But like, the reality just, is, if we have to, if, if everything has to explode, this is not a bad year to have it happen. But you still right. have to sell the product on the ice for the rest of the season. You still have to be, you, you can't mail it in for 74 75 games and hope for the best right like you have god to, that's you know. such
1: torture like that is absolutely such torture to do that and again like we talked about last episode i don't think that there is a single player on this team or a, a player that we're gonna need to bring up from cleveland that wants to play in a situation where they're tanking and they're not giving it their all every night and they're not at least trying like and you know, I know that we're not going to eradicate this, but it is going to be a super long season just seeing people talking about Verdard and um, Fiali. Is that how you say his last name?
0: Ventili, I think. it's Ventili.
1: Like, because again, first of all, I, I really love the optimism in some of these people in the Blue Jackets fandom that actually think that the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to get a first round draft pick. Like you're
0: saying first round draft pick, first overall draft pick.
1: First draft. overall draft pick. My apologies. They always <laughs> get a first round pick unless and I don't think Yarmo's ever traded away uh in his tenure, an actual he's always picked at least once in the first round.
0: Um the Jackets didn't in twenty nineteen when they traded <clears> for Matt Duchesne.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: Oh, and we would have Matt lost Duchesne. another one if he would have Sign with us. Igor Chinikov would have been the casualty there if he wouldn't have signed if Matt Duchenne would have signed with us, we wouldn't have had a first round draft pick in 2020. Gotcha. Well, it's not a it's not a common thing for Yarmouth no, to do because he to get rid of him.
1: he loves a good draft pick. But anyway, I just like really enjoy the confidence of these humans who think that even if we end as the 32nd team in this league, that, that we're all going to get the first. Or, hell, even the second pick in the draft. Like, that just doesn't – it doesn't equate, my loves. Like, it just doesn't equate. And it's not going to happen prop. Like, it. it's not.
0: It's just, like, you're getting your hopes up. <laughs> it would be very surprising to me if it did. And Well, and on top of that, though, like, this is one of those drafts where, like, I think, you know – we were on JJ Jackets, which congratulations to them for being a part of the Hockey Podcast Network now. And if you haven't checked them out, go check them out. We did an episode, which they cleverly named So Subjective. So shout out to them <laughs> on the creativity there. Oh, I, think thanks saw, guys. I think we talked about it there, which was like, even in this year, like the worst team in the NHL is guaranteed the third overall pick. Like you can't go lower than three. and so
1: And we're not even, the worst technically right now.
0: I think
1: think Anaheim is worse
0: than us. Is their points percentage worse than ours right now, though? Or is it just the number of points they have?
1: I don't know. I just know that they have a less likelihood of getting into the playoffs than we do.
0: Well, let's be fair. They do actually have a lower points percentage right now. So they're at 300, and we're at 321. (sighs) Huh. But like <laughs> so bad, uh, well, folks, this is only the third worst start in Blue Jackets franchise history. Like, holy shit! <laughs> like, but anyway, all that to say, even if the Blue Jackets pick in the top five of this year's draft, you can make a, a pretty decent argument that the top five in this year's draft would have had cause to be. The first overall draft pick in either last year or the year before that's draft. Like currently, this all changes and it doesn't actually matter until three years down the line. But like yeah. that is what the pundits are saying. And so ultimately, like the jackets are gonna keep fighting. They showed that on Saturday. And Jonas Corpusala continues to look really, really good. Like the Jackets again were outchanced by the Islanders and they were able to keep it going. I mean, like what sucked about that game was like every time the Jackets took a lead it was like almost immediately like they gave one back and you're obviously hopeful that when you get into overtime and you've got such skilled players like a johnny goudreau or patrick line at the time like those are like that's what you're hoping right it's like obviously like those guys are going to be the ones that that saved the day and i'm i'm sorry i have to laugh
1: speaking of the um Overtime because I was in the car when this was happening Uh and listening. We'll talk about that part of it later, but the part (laughs) I'm referencing is (laughs) Lars's post-game interview where they asked him if he regretted sending out three forwards and no defensemen in overtime. And he was like,
0: which one, which one would you send out?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, he goes, yeah, I mean, it was something that we wanted to try. So we put it out there and it didn't work.
0: <laughs> it did not. It was fast.
1: What was it? Like 37 seconds or something like that that they scored?
0: I'm not entirely certain that that's not It was less good. than a minute. That's, that might be you being generous. It was, oh, 39 seconds. Wow. That was 39. Good. I was um, very close. But it, it felt like it was much faster than that. <laughs> it felt very quick. But I mean, like, to be fair, though, like, what, like, I mean, what, I don't know
1: which defenseman he would have sent out there, but like, well,
0: because if you think about it, like, most of the forward or most of the defensemen that you're sending out during overtime, like, sure, they, like, obviously are a little bit more defensively skilled than a forward is, but chances are you're putting out your skilled defenseman. Uh, don't know if you've heard, Zach Warensky, Adam Boquist, yeah. out of the equation. Um, like, do you know what I mean? Like, you go down this line and, like, hell, maybe you try Marcus Bjork. I don't know. Like, but it's like, you don't really have defenseman that you, like, know I mean, for certain. You
1: could have sent out Gavrikov okay. just to like be a body. He knows
0: at least kinda how to stop a pug, but like true. Him and Peek both have that ability. I don't know. It's just one of those things where like I honestly I get where Lars is coming from. You wanna like you wanna win the game and on in three on three, like offense takes the cake, right? I mean, like in theory. And so I get it. The Jackets still managed to get a point out of it, which I think, again, is, like, just a further indication of the fact that this team has a never-say-die attitude. I will say the thing that, like, has me absolutely so nervous, and this is, like, it should not have me nervous and I should stop being an asshole about it, but, like, the last season that kind of felt like this was 2014-2015. The Jackets, like... Injury after injury after injury. Like the total man games lost in that season were ridiculous. Like I think Allison Lucan tweeted about it a couple of days ago. Like she had like an Excel sheet of like where everybody was in terms of injury and stuff like that. And it was like, yeah, it looks like like, a murder
1: scene. Like that season is before my like fandom started,
0: but it looked like a murder scene. Yeah, it was not ideal. And the worst part about that season was that the Jackets started. Dreadful, like really bad, not good. Um hold on, let's see here. They they only finished well, they finished nine points out of a playoff spot that year, though. Um, and in part because the team went 15 1 and 1 to end the season. They won 15 of their last 17 games and like played themselves out of any sort of like good draft position and like that's Mm. the thing that i'm most worried about now i'm most worried that everybody's going to start developing and have real good moments and then over the course (laughs) of the next few months we're going to have our players start to trickle back in now granted zach is out for the year danforth is out for the year but like you're going to start to like have the chemistry continue and then all of a sudden it's going to be march and they're going to win and win and win and i'm going to be pissed like (laughs) like, he's going to be pissed but
1: also happy
0: yes yeah sure sure um, but nevertheless, this team is in a really unique spot, and I do you, like, like, what do you continue to do, right? Like, I think that that's what we're gonna spend the most of the episode talking about is like, what, what would you do in this situation, like if you're Yarmo, if you're Lars, because there are a couple of different options I think here in terms of like how to continue on with the season. And I think that they're very different from each other. Like I think that they're very like <laughs> like it's a spectrum and I don't think you can really find yourself anywhere in the middle and have a good result. So we'll talk about that a little bit. But Laura, is there anything just from that Islanders game or just from like that like <laughs> not what I mean? <laughs> well I mean like, we
1: might as well get it out of the way. <laughs> but like <laughs> you know to 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 add to the fact that i said earlier that my life is a shambles and things could be better i couldn't i could i wasn't home during most of the game on saturday i had been up visiting my father cuz he's getting married in a few weeks so i was helping him with some things and also crying but what's unusual about that um and i had, had not had a great day <laughs> And I was telling Jeremy, I was like, I can't, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to listen, but I'm going to try like, cause he was at a game, but then streaming the blue jackets, like he was multitasking, like the king that he is in these situations. And so finally it's the second intermission and I'm leaving my dad's house and I'm like, okay, cool. I can put the game on the radio and everything will be fine. So going through listening to the third period, I the way so my dad lives in Worcester I live in Newark the most efficient way to get there get to and from each location is basically a bunch of back-ass country roads that go through a bunch of back-ass tiny towns you know so you can understand the predicament I'm in so it's getting towards the end of the third period and we're like I'm driving everything's fine and I come up a hill, and at the bottom of this hill is a tiny ass town, and the speed limit changes at the precipice of this hill from 55 to 25, and so, obviously, when you're going down a hill, you don't want to just, like, slam on your brakes because you're going downhill, so I was slowing down. But Mr. Rookie Cop that was sitting at the bottom of said hill decided that it was a great time to clock me and pull me over. So I literally texted Jeremy and was like, please do a thing that we won't say because it's not nice and could be triggering to people. I got pulled over. And his response was no, like just <laughs> you big N-O. That. <laughs> Big NO. And in the process of giving the police officer my identification and registration and and also for getting the password to my um insurance, the blue jackets lost in overtime.
0: <laughs> that right.
1: So I did get a speeding ticket. Um he had no mercy for me, even though I'm sure my energy read she had a very fucking terrible day, but he did not care. Uh, So if you want to contribute to my speeding ticket, which I still have refused to look up how much it is, Jeremy's actually going to do it for me because he knows how traumatized I am. Buy some of our merch. I'll remind you again at the end of this episode. But We're
0: going we're to drop merch that says Laura got a speeding ticket. All I got was this lousy t-shirt.
1: <laughs> yep, that's exactly what our new merch was going to say. Uh, so yeah, so that's, uh, those are my memories from the end of the Islander game. But I also remember being very excited that Marcus Bjork got a goal in his debut game. Because I knew his dad was there. Mm -hmm. and his girlfriend. So I'm always excited when they do something cool and their family has flown all the way thousands of miles in a very short notice.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I couldn't be happier for him either. It's a big moment. He's played really well in Cleveland. He deserved the call-up. I'm glad he got it. And, you know, we'll see what happens from there. I mean, there are other – I mean, Jake Christensen also called up. So, like, we'll see, like, how much of a role he plays to – You know, part of this whole thing is that, like, Jake Bean was also listed on, like, the NHL Fantasies, like, waiver Wire, where it's like, if we see any of these players, maybe pick them up. And it's because at this point, folks, Jake Bean is our third best defenseman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And also, this is totally not – well, I guess it is kind of Blue Jackets related, but what the hell, Sonny Milano?
0: Just just in general? Just period? Exactly,
1: yes. Just what the hell? He got two of the Capitals' five goals the other night.
0: I yeah, had a really good game. And he got their version of the Kepi. And his hair in that video is just absolutely out of control. Somebody needs to get him a uh, haircut ASAP. But nevertheless, good on him, I guess. Good for Sunny. Whatever. <laughs> I don't have any, like, ill will toward him necessarily. But um, this this last Sunday was, like, kind of disappointing for me. I don't know about you.
1: Yes. <laughs> you mean yesterday?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm talking about yesterday. And it's because uh, the Cincinnati Bengals didn't play a game. And uh, yes. and of course, when the Cincinnati Bengals don't play a game, I'm a little less inclined. But I still do um, put some money down on...
1: DraftKings.
0: DraftKings. Uh, so, you know, NFL Sundays are only getting better and better. So are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to one hundred percent bonus with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Place the same game parlay and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, and point total. So maybe you think Joe Burrow is going to throw for three touchdowns in a Bengals win this weekend. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. So maybe that's that's where you're going to throw your money down, and I highly recommend it. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. A minimum age and eligible... You're so pretty. (laughs) Oh my God. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So the Blue Jackets find themselves with a choice to make. Brad Larson, Yarma Kekalainen, and even maybe John Davidson find themselves with a choice to make about how the rest of the season goes, Laura, and... Uh, just want to get some of your thoughts, and maybe this is what we spend the rest of the show doing, is just talking about uh, our hockey opinions, which feels out of place because, you know, why would we ever talk about our hockey opinions on our hockey podcast? And folks, uh, contrary crazy. to Luke, Laura and I don't always agree, so we'll see where this conversation goes. We haven't talked about this off air, so we'll see if we're somewhat, somewhat same page or different page, and I'm cool with either. And so, Laura, I want to know, mm-hmm. you're Brad Larson. Okay. You're Brad you're going to have to, you know, buzz the hair, get in the character. It's time. I already to
1: threatened to do that at least once a
0: month. So. <laughs> all right, Brittany. So what we're going to do, we've talked about all season long, the Blue Jackets have a litany of youth as a part of this franchise. And so my question to you is what do you do with that youth right now? Because this is obviously a season that is going to be challenging for many reasons. And now you've got a team that you have to field in Columbus that is potentially, you know, a lot lighter than you planned. And so my question to you is, do you keep players in Columbus? And if so, what do you do with them? Or do you send them to Cleveland to create a dynasty in Cleveland with the Monsters? to make a really deep playoff run.
1: So my guess is that you're exchanging the youth that we would send to Cleveland for the like, not as good players in Cleveland to come down and fill our spaces. Right.
0: Um, I don't know that I'd say the not, I mean, like, I guess like, yes, <laughs> I guess not like, as uh, like
1: high caliber, I suppose, like, right. The ones that are further down on the call up list, then correct. correct.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, Although I think like, well, I'll, I'll let you go. I won't like give you too many leading opinions,
1: right? So, I mean, you're looking at this kind of not. You're looking at it kind of. There is like two two ways to look at this. So, and it really only it really depends on what those three people, Yarmo Brad, and JD want to do with the rest of the season. So, I don't think that you'll ever hear the three of them be like, let's tank it. Like, I think that they would prefer like a pretty balanced slow decline. Like <laughs> like just, you know, just like enough to keep like people coming to the games but like not enough to keep any hopes alive that we're going to the playoffs or anything like a balance of circumstances but you could also like I mean I don't think any of them would say this but like they could also be like no we can like ramp up the young people like the the young players and really push and like let's make the most out of this situation and like keep trying and all this sort of stuff. Um, Personally, for me, oh, God, I'm such, like, a person because I feel like you can tell I worked in higher education because, like, I just, like, see everything as a learning opportunity. And so I feel for all these young players that we have that are, like, have the opportunity to have two very different circumstances. Like, obviously, they are super pumped to play in the NHL, like to be even having any minutes. But like we talked with like about Ken Johnson, like, yes, he's playing NHL minutes, but he's not playing a lot of NHL minutes. And yeah, like, he also, he, was a got, yeah, he also got a healthy scratch the other night. Um, so like looking at his development and what you want him to be able to do in the further out years of his career you got to think that putting him down in Cleveland so that he can play big minutes and potentially have like a really successful run seems like the better option. So it's people like him, it's people like hell I would send Cole too, because homeboy needs to work a few things out. I mean, I know that he got his first goal the other night, but I don't think it would be terrible to shake out a few things and give him and give him too the opportunity to have like, lot of success because nothing makes like a slump or like a circumstance like that harder to get over than being on a team that is struggling to win games like that does not help your confidence that does not help whatever thing you're trying to work out with your gameplay like that can just like stall a situation so yeah you've got kj you've got cole you know, you've got Chinny, like, he could have a really good run in Cleveland, like, you know, obviously, you've got Bemer, who, like, apparently just changed his whole, like, situation in the few weeks that he was in Cleveland, Um, and you've got the guys that are currently going in between us and Cleveland, check. you know, Marchenko hasn't come up yet, but let's be serious, he will soon, Jake Christensen, like, all of these people that you feel kind of bad leaving them in Columbus because they're, it's just not going to be a fun time. And they're going to be wasting like a quality year of their development. So I guess I just talked myself into being the person that's like, let the youngins thrive, like let them have a really solid development year. And So that way, when whatever happens with this season, like, you know, it happens, like it'll go down as one of the more difficult seasons in Blue Jackets history. And like, no one could blame anyone for saying that, like, just look at, we'll go over the full list of injuries, but like, no one can say that, you know, it was just simply us standing in our way. Like it was the universe just dropping a lot of shit on the Columbus Blue Jackets, but think of the level of confidence and like, you know, just energy that those young players will have coming into the 23, 24 season after having a lot of success in the AHL. Like you, you watched it. I wasn't a fan yet, but like you think back to that group of CBJ players who did win the Calder cup with the monsters, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Josh Anderson, Zach Wierenski, like, All of those guys that are real high caliber, Jonas Corpostolo, all of those guys that are real high caliber players now, what that win must have done for their development and for their careers. So I guess I'm going to be, after a lot of rambling and a lot of talking in circles, I'm going to be team let the youngins thrive and send them to Cleveland.
0: Yeah, that's totally fair. And, and to kind of just like, as you mentioned, like talking about the injury list, we'll go ahead and just like run through that like real quick now. Like Patrick Laine is expected to miss, is it four to six weeks? Three to four weeks. But three four.
1: in a funny joke that Brian Hedger said today on Twitter, he was like, Patrick Laine out three to four weeks. So that means he'll be back next week.
0: Yeah, if it's anything like his his injury, his upper body injury from earlier this season with his sprained elbow, then yeah, honestly, it could be. But uh, ankles are weird, though. Like, ankles could be really hard to bounce back from. Uh, Speaking of ankles, (laughs) Nick Blankenberg is out with a high ankle sprain and a fracture uh, that was sustained on the 10th and is out for six to eight weeks. Adam Boquist broke his foot. Is expected to miss approximately six weeks. Justin Danforth torn labrum and shoulder. He's going to miss six months. Eric Branson is day to day with an upper body. Sean Corrally is upper day with an or nope <laughs> upper body injury day to day. Jakub Voracek is an upper body injury out indefinitely. So we'll see where that goes. Zach Wierenski is out with a separated shoulder and a torn labrum and is going to miss the rest of the. Uh, shout out to the NHL PR team for, or Blue Jackets PR team for saying expected to miss the rest of the regular season you can't say that the people working in blue jackets PR are optimistic people. So I, I think like, I, I think like to your point, Laura, like I think either option is okay, but I have caveats to both. And it's, and it's exactly this. It's exactly what you said. That's the Cleveland scenario. It's sending guys down like, you know, uh, like Ken Johnson, like Cole Sillinger, like Igor Sinikov, like really, like anybody who is, and I mentioned it, I think, last week, or I mentioned it on JJ Jackets, like I can't remember which, like anybody who is not waiver eligible, meaning that they can't be picked up on another team and they get sent down, I have, you have to consider it, I think, if you go that route. Like, you can't, you can't do like, a, I, like, obviously, you're going to have to have some guys who are kind of on the cusp play in Columbus, I would say, because you need somebody to play in Columbus, right? The Jackets currently on their non roster like signings, which means that these players are either potentially in Europe, which means that they'll stay there. So Michael Puthia is like the first example of that. So he's not coming over. But the Jackets have some players in Cleveland right now that could get called up and could fill some of these voids, some of which you would argue are prospects and like could be Blue Jackets, but they're not your high-end prospects. Let's be serious and let's be honest. Those are players like Josh Dunn, Tyler Angle, Yuna Luoto, which we haven't talked about, was activated from injured reserve, and he is now like he's been assigned to Cleveland, so he should probably make his season debut in Cleveland at some point this week. They play on Wednesday, so maybe it'll be then. Maybe it'll be this weekend, who knows? Trey Fix Wolanski, who is another player who was a prospect, but not Kent Johnson, and Carson Meyer. So those are the players right now in Cleveland that you could potentially call up in terms of, of your forwards. I think defensively, like, I think that you're pretty okay. Like, I mean, like, you don't necessarily – I think you keep your check down, and then you look at guys like uh, – a Tim Bernie or a Billy Sweezy if you want to call people up. Like, I don't think you go directly to a player like, like David Juracek or Samuel Nashko or Stanislav Svotel or Ole Bjorkvick home. I think that those are players that you maybe keep in Cleveland. Maybe maybe Ole. Like, maybe he's somebody you call up just to see what happens. But, like, th- that's kind of what you're working with. If you're if you're doing this, like, send let the youngins thrive, Laura, in Cleveland. Like, you ha- you're going to have to call one of those guys up. The other scenario, and this is like the one that like maybe is not popular, and I don't know that I care, is you have to abandon everything you've done to this point. Like you have to, if you're going to keep guys in Columbus, you've got to get uncomfortable and you've got to put them in the top six. And you have to shuffle things up. Boone Jenner and Gus Nyquist cannot be in the top six if you're going to have these guys – stick around. You need to plug them into the places where you think they're going to get the most development, whether that's like sink or swim development or whether it's like actually like playing meaningful minutes development. That's up for interpretation. But like you obviously cannot move Johnny Goudreau out of the top six. Like you can't do that. But like those other five spots, like Emil Bemstrom's already filling in right now on the top line. You've got to put players like Cole Stillinger, Kent Johnson, Igor Tinikov. And if you're going to call up Karel Marchenko, like they have to be in that top six. Like they can't be playing Liam Foody minutes. And he's another player. Liam Foody can't be playing on the fourth line in a moment like this. Cause he's somebody that you want to develop into being more than just a fourth line center. That's Sean Crowley's role. We don't need another fourth line center right now. And I don't think that Liam Foody, that's his skill set, right? Like that's not where you want him. And so you've got to get uncomfortable. You've got to stop leaning on the guys that you've always leaned on in your top six, like it well, because all of them are injured. Well, then there's that, but <laughs> like, but it's also just like, like if if you're going to do like, you can't half-ass either of these approaches. You can't just send like Kent Johnson to Cleveland and let let Cole Sillinger and Igor Chinenkov stay in Columbus and figure it out. Like it has to be one or the other. Like you have to let those guys develop chemistry together. Yeah, I would. I would do everything I could to get Karel Marchenko and Igor Chinnikov in the room in the same room right now, whether that's in Cleveland or Columbus, because I'm sure that that's going to be a really important relationship and a really important chemistry for both of those guys as they play in the early years in the league. Like these are just things that this team has to do right now that will cost us wins. Like it will cost us wins to put Kent Johnson, Igor Chinnikov, Emil Bemstrom, like coal cylinder, like it's gonna cost us wins to do that. But we it, it's gonna cost us wins in 2022, 2023. But what's it gonna do in 2024, 2025? And that has to be the focus right now. You you can't focus on this year. This year's done. Period. Like could a miracle happen? Yeah. But you can if you if you can't operate right now if you're the if you're the hockey ops team under the impression that a miracle is gonna happen to this team and they're gonna turn it around, that's a waste of a season. You've got to develop these guys and you've got to develop them now. You can't wait any longer. You have to make a choice and it has to happen fast.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I think the important thing is to whichever decision is made, like you have to go full force, balls the wall with either decision because doing it partially or doing it like so-so, like, is not going to be beneficial to anyone. Like, it's just going to cause, well, first of all, it's going to cause both teams to have a shit season, and I don't think that Cleveland deserves that, because, not that we deserve to be shit on either in this circumstance, but, like, Cleveland especially, like, they've had a good start to their season. They have lines that are working. They have situations that are giving them the upper hand in games, whereas the Blue Jackets have yet to solidify lines that work, have yet to solidify. And even once when they do get some sort of chemistry, the one on that fucking line gets injured for multiple weeks at a time. Like we have yet with the exception of maybe Sean Corrales and Erica Branson, we have yet to have like short-term injuries. Like everyone has been minimum three to four weeks. Like, and not everyone is superhuman like Patrick Laine and can just, like, by sheer force of will, like, recover themselves in shorter amounts of projected times. And one could argue, like, did Patrick rush in his recovery from his elbow injury? Like, not saying that he did. There's no evidence to show that. But, like, you know, it's still something to consider, like... So it's just, like, you have to go full force in whatever option that you choose to do. And knowing us and our logic tomorrow, when this episode gets released, the Blue Jackets are going to announce an entirely different plan than either of the two things that, you know, we're talking about tonight. But it's a matter of finally... Because I think one of the other problems in this season has been a lack of... defined defined and, like, consistent decisions. Like, there has not been any sort of steadfast, this is what we're doing. There's been a lot of gray area for certain things. And I think even... In, in whole scopes of, of the team because players have made, you know, remarks that like they don't necessarily know what's going on with certain things. And like, there's a lot of like, you know, granted, no one's going to tell all of their, you know, in room conversations or anything like that, but there's been a lot of gray area and even what gets let out to the press and like on socials about what's going on. But I don't think that's like a purposeful thing. I think it's because nobody ha- nobody is making definitive decisions.
0: Well, oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm I'm done. So I think like here's the reality, right? And I can say this with confidence. Here's what's gonna happen. Neither of what we just said. <laughs> like, I can say that with 100% certainty because this team is like there are a couple of realities, right? Like the reality is that when you're a small market team and Columbus is, like, I mean, like, in comparison to, like, a, a New York or what have you. When you're a small market team, you rely on revenue. Revenue is important. And this team is not going to do either, it's not going to do anything drastic to, like, limit the potential to, for revenue. And and here's the reality, folks. Like, I think myself, I think you, Laura, I think probably you, the listener, because if you're listening to the show, like, my assumption is that you're pretty engaged in, in this, like, in Blue Jackets lore. And it's that <laughs> I would honestly be more excited to go and watch a team uh, that has a top six of all those young guys and watch them get beat than I would be to watch a team that's centered by Boone Jenner on the first line, like get beat. Like, I mean, like, and both are going to happen. Like both are currently going to happen. Like that's just the reality. And so it's like, I would rather see that. And maybe people disagree. And maybe the casual fan doesn't understand like why that would be exciting to watch but I would put me in a seat faster. Like if you told me that when I'm down for Thanksgiving, then I get to see like Ken Johnson centering, you know, Johnny Goudreau and, and, you know, Igor Chinnikov, like, it's cool. That sounds fun. Like, just like, why not? Like I'm more inclined to watch that, but this team has never done that. This team has never committed. The only time this team has ever committed to anything major is when they come when they win it all in in 2019. Like that is the only time that I remember as a Blue Jaggers fan that I've seen this team definitively commit to one direction or another. To your point, it just hasn't been defined. Not just this year, but ever. And so somebody's gonna have to just like swallow the pill. Like somebody is just going to have to make the decision. But. They won't like this team will continue to field the team that they've been fielding, and they're going to continue to, to keep things stagnant. And at the end of the year, we're going to be a pretty bad team that wasted a year of players prime development years. Like that's, what's going to happen. And that sucks. Like that can't be the case. Like at this point, losing is not a failure. Losing is not the failure here. The failure is failing to develop your players. If you fail to do that, you fail on this season and this season was a waste. We could lose the rest of the games we play. And if you can show me positive development and you can show me increased potential and growth in the players that we need to be key in the next three to five years. I don't care if we go what, how many wins do we have at this point Four. four, hmm. we can go four and 78 and If this team is going to win a cup in three years because of the development the players had this year, cool. fine by me. That's not a failure. Going 30 and 52 and feeling the lineup that we have is pathetic. Like, that would be a pathetic waste of time. And I, like, can't watch that happen. Like, I do not want to watch that happen. And if you want to talk about a way to disengage myself, to disengage Blue Jackets fans across the board, it's to do that. Like, it is to do that. And you know what the worst part is? They will (laughs) like, (laughs) like, and I am usually not this kind of a cynic and my cynicism right now is not on the players or on what's going to happen on the ice. Like it's just on like the strategy and it has to be good. It has to be good. Like this is the moment that Yarmo is made for. This is the moment that Brad Larson is made for. Brad Larson was brought in to be the head coach of this team because he has had success at the AHL level. He developed players in Springfield when he was the head coach there and he did it well. He needs to do it now. And he needs to make decisions to do it now. Not decisions to save his job, but decisions to to save this team.
1: Yeah, no, I agree and I I hope very much so that like we are surprised and you know, they do make those kinds of decisions, but historically speaking, that's not as likely as we would like it to be and I think it's harder for those um you know sort of base level fans to that don't necessarily like look into the future like they don't you know telling them that this season while will be painful is going to benefit us in you know three to five years like to them that's an eternity like and I I understand that because I was like that when I first started you know being invested in hockey I didn't understand like Well, not that they were doing bad when I was a fan, but like it when I first started being a fan, but it's still like that understanding of like it's hard to con like to conceptualize that. Like, but, but you want your team to be good now and you have this player, that player. So why aren't you good? And like, you know, there's so many more complexities that go into the development of a team. And if you don't, like, get on a hyperfixation like I myself did um, early on in your fandom, like, it's kind of hard to understand how those things work and how, like, patience and, you know, there's all these things in the background that have to go on to develop a team. Like, you know, high-performing teams didn't just come together overnight. Like, their structures and their, you know, certain situations that they do have been building for, you know, in some teams' cases, decades. Like, it's just, we haven't, we are a young team, 22 years old in NHL, you know, circumstances, and the Blue Jackets, from what I understand, have just never quite found those things that, like, help you you build generationally. Like, there have been sparks here or there. There have been really good... Seasons and really good moments, but there's nothing yet that has really caught on as something that is like Blue Jacket specific to the brand and to the development of the team. And that's the purpose of this rebuild, from what I understand. Like when Yarmo first, you know, kind of came out and called it a restructure, retooling, or whatever, like that was my understanding is that the Blue Jackets are at a point now where they want to establish these like not blockbuster that's not the right word they're like building block to use a jd term they like block by block like brick by brick situation so that from years moving forward they have this base structure for great performance and i it's just it's hard when you don't have any to begin with it's hard
0: it is. You are muted. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also hard I to like, hear me when I'm muted.
1: Hopefully that made sense, because I was just kind of, like, rattling.
0: No, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And, folks, in this episode, you got some some really uncharacteristic things from us, whether that's us being unhinged, although, let's be honest, that's pretty typical. Uh, but usually I don't hear either one of us have, like, a dejected or, like, angry tone of of us and i think that we kind of have that tonight i think that this is an interesting episode for us uh, and hopefully i mean let us know what you guys think like i mean like we want to know too like where you're at like what blue jackets fans are thinking because i mean it's it's a litany of possibilities and at the end of the day do you know what's going to be true out of anything
1: that we're still going to be blue jackets fans. we're
0: going to love this fucking team like that's exactly it laura i mean like it is what it is like obviously there are things a team could do to make it easier to love them but like i don't know that i always get along with people who are super easy to love so um i feel like we could both probably say the same thing as as that's that's true that's
1: true of his feelings towards me i'm very difficult
0: to love and i'm not always the easiest (laughs) myself so i think we do it for each other but i think At the end of the day, this is going to be okay, even if Jack Horoslavik might be a scratch in tomorrow night's game after a candid conversation with Brad Larson that we really haven't talked about, but I really don't know there's much to say there. and I think the only thing to say is
1: that Jack hasn't been performing and Lars is kind of over it. Like, Jack is – he's not one of the young kids. He's had several years in the NHL, and, you know, it took him – almost three quarters of the season last year to find his whatever mojo. And I think Lars thinks that he should be further along in being able to develop that. So I'm not mad about it. I think Jack should sit out if he's, you know, not if people who are young, much younger than him and have less experience in the NHL are Finding it easier to get adjusted than someone who what is this? His like sixth season in the NHL, probably.
0: Uh yeah. I mean, it's at least his sixth season professionally. I'm not sure. I can look real quick while you're finishing that thought. But. Um,
1: but so yeah. So I'm not. I mean, I think L- Lars has plenty of reason or inv- validity to be frustrated with Jack and his performance, and like I hope that Jack is equally as frustrated like in a time when the team is in a a time and space that it is right now you can't have your like mid like middle to upper veteran players like (laughs) sucking like you just can't like it's just you need them to come with the skill level and the experience that you know them to have and you need them to like be better or else like everything like you it's it's a pyramid of terrible if you can't have if your upper level players aren't producing, but yet you're trying to escalate the like progress of your rookie players and your prospective players, like it just cancels each other out.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And uh he technically this is the seventh season that he's played NHL games. He played one NHL game in the first season that he skated. So, like, that doesn't really count. But, yes, yeah, so you're right, about six seasons. And so, yeah, I mean, those are the players you need to step up right now. Especially, like, six season doesn't sound like – what? Six six seasons does not sound like a lot in the NHL. But in the reality of this team, right, like, it's, like, up there in the, like, third quartile. Like, it's up there. Yeah, like, he, He's well, one of the better in presence.
1: Well, and Lars, I mean, Lars and Yarmo both said that when they got back from Finland last week that it wasn't just the leadership core that they had individual or small group conversations with. Like, they had a – obviously, it's not as crucial right now with Patrick being out again, but they had a conversation with Johnny, Boone, and Patrick. Like, if you're going to be, like, the top line of this team, like – You need to also lead as the top line of this team. Like, you know, you need to act in a certain way. You need to do certain things every single game, regardless of who we're playing, where we're playing, all this sort of stuff. So you need those those power forces to be both leaders on and off the ice. And Jack has that opportunity to do that too. Not to mention, kid, this is your hometown. Like, don't you want to perform at your best, like, for your hometown team? Like, come on, man. I That's love right. you, but, like, let's get it together.
0: Do the damn thing, Jack. <laughs> We're rooting for you. We're rooting for you. But we are constructive more- criticism. Correct. As I feel like we are very rarely is our criticism unconstructive, I feel like. Mostly I'm unconstructive when it comes to players that aren't on our team that I just dislike for a multitude of reasons. Yeah, that's very fair. Yeah, there are a few, like, Brad. I don't think I've ever heard you say anything constructive about Brad Marchand. I just don't, I just don't think it'll ever happen.
1: I did slightly compliment him when we were on um, Jake, J. Jake Jackets the other day when I said that it was nice of him to speak out against signing Mitch Miller because he's a terrible human but that will probably stand as the only nice thing i ever say about brad marchand
0: yeah and like let's be honest speaking out against that isn't exactly like nice it's just like human so yeah so breaking news brad marchand is human so that's exciting (laughs) i think for some people to hear but but laura i thought
1: he was a rat
0: oh no don't (laughs) And all of a sudden, all the Boston fans are leaving one-star reviews on our show. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, Laura, is there anything else on your Blue Jackets radar to discuss before we wrap this one up? Um,
1: we They do have a week. I mean, I know that we'll be putting out a, a second um, episode this week, but they do have a full uh, week of, or not even just a full week. They do the next six games are at home, so... Hopefully a lot of you fifth liners are taking advantage of that, that they're going to be um, in nationwide arena to play tomorrow or today, the 15th against Philadelphia. Again, that game is at seven 30 because it's going to be on ESPN plus and Hulu. So just note that for those going and or watching at home, but yeah, Philadelphia, Montreal, Detroit, Florida, Montreal, again, and the New York Islanders all in the next 11 days. So that is a lot of um, Blue Jackets home hockey. We will be at least at the Montreal game on the 23rd. And I'm pretty sure we're going to try and go to the New York Islanders game on the 25th. So you could potentially see us there. But it's just a lot of hometown hockey. And uh, particularly today when you hear this, uh, November 15th is... Hockey Fights Cancer Night um, at Nationwide Arena, which is always such a special game to be a part of. Um, And they always do a lot of really uh, touching tributes and raise quite a bit of money for cancer research. So check that out if you can. But yeah, that's really my only Blue Jackets related. And Torts is back again today. So we'll see if uh, the tables turn and he actually does
0: post-game press. So now we will and hey if you guys are at the hockey fights cancer night go ahead and write my mom's name belinda on one of those signs and and send it to us on twitter which laura can tell you where to send that to us on twitter uh i will say i have to say this because like it it wouldn't be an episode if i didn't poke fun at you of course so um haven't i been hurt enough in the last 36 hours probably but like what's a little more so Mm. (laughs) so every time we like we've been on The Artillery, we've been on now like JJ Jackets, and every time that Laura goes to say where you can find us, which like it doesn't super matter on this show, right? Like very rarely at this point are you like brand new and you don't know like where to find us. Like we do it just because due diligence. But it's the shows that we guest on that it's like we actually need you to know our Twitter because like you might not listen to our show, you might not know who we are. So like we want you to know us and on the artillery laura said that our twitter was subjectively speaking yeah and then on jj jackets laura went to go say our our platforms and everything like that and her wi-fi just cut out she goes you can follow us on and then
1: it just went away it was And all I could see was Jeremy laughing at me on the screen. And I can't help it that my computer hates Zoom. Like, it just... And I could have helped it with the artillery, but I was nervous. And (laughs) I just really wanted them to like us. And so I was nervous. And so there. And I also, like, word vomited it out to kyle after we did it and he was like i didn't even notice
0: <clears throat> you did great work you did great work so laura this is your redemption arc
1: a redemption arc on our own show where i very rarely mess it up cool love that I mean, hey,
0: hey go for it where can the good people find us
1: thank you they can follow us on social media on twitter and instagram at SubductivelyPod. They can follow us on on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. You can also follow us on YouTube on Subjectively Speaking. Um, if you would like to help me pay off my speeding ticket and or <laughs> pay off Jeremy's credit cards from Finland, you can do that and also get some super cool merch in exchange by visiting our merch store, subjectivelymerch.com. Soon to have way more options and also potentially some new ones that we think are quite funny um so check that out and lastly you can rate review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on Uh, especially if you're listening on apple podcasts scroll on down hit five stars it is our favorite number and again we don't know how the algorithm works but we just know that all these things rates reviews subscriptions stars comments all that sort of jazz helps us to get noticed in the hockey podcast charts, as well as bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. So other than that, we just love and appreciate you guys so
0: much. That we do. And until next time, pray to God that Laura and I are healthy scratches on Tuesday. Please. Again,
1: I'm always already on long-term IR.
0: <laughs> LTIR it is. But until then, make sure you take care of yourselves. Make sure you take care of one another. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye.